certain names bring to mind the nature of the crisis in the Catholic Church. Many people labor under the illusion that the present crisis is purely about the abuse of power of priests and bishops, and the grossest manifestation that power abuse can take, sexual violence. Others understand that where these kinds of sins are abundant, financial sins abound as well, in the accompanying culture of cover-up. But for those of us who have been paying attention to the state of the church and the crisis that characterizes our place in the history of the church, we understand that this crisis is much more than that of gross sexual misdeeds, cover-up, and financial malfeasance. We understand that the church has enemies that targeted her for destruction, not attacking the church from without, a failed strategy as history has clearly borne out, but attacking the church from within. This attack has earned numerous names. Corruption, infiltration, subversion. But more than anything else, this attack on the church has been has involved real human beings attacking and subverting the church. And the names that can most come to mind are the likes of Bella Dodd and Saul Alinsky. Dodd would convert to the faith and expose the infiltration of the church to some degree before Congress, as her work had focused on planting unfit men in the priesthood for the subversion of the church. And her work was done on the behalf of the literal Soviet Union, I've spoken about her before, and someday I'll do a book review of her work, School of Darkness, and other works about her and her work. But another name does come to mind, Saul Alinsky, whose ties to the Catholic hierarchy are legion, and include Pope Paul VI, who had personal audiences with Alinsky on multiple occasions. Others, like one of only a handful of decent Jesuits still operating, like Father Mitch Pacwa, have asserted that they knew and worked with Olinsky, and that the true nature of his influence and work with the Church in the 1960s and 70s was only understood later, and they distanced themselves from him and warned others when they found out about his work. Alinsky was a communist organizer in Chicago, with ties to future American presidents, the Catholic hierarchy in Chicago, and well beyond. And his influence is still felt today, not only in the continued work of institutions founded by his friend and accused Satanist Cardinal Joseph Bernadine, like the USCCB, but in his spiritual children who continue, at this moment, to, t to do the work of turning the Catholic Church into a spiritual-sounding social work organization. Or so they are trying to do at any rate. This became relevant in late August with the revelations made by Michael Hitchborn of the Lepanto Institute, an organization that is all too often overlooked in this battle to reclaim the church from those subverting her from within. Mr. Hitchborn reported in late August about the work of Bishop Howard Hubbard, an accused predator, who despite having resigned from his post as the Bishop of Albany, continues to sit on the board of directors for and even serves as vice president of a communist so-called Catholic organization called the Interfaith Worker Justice. The IWJ promotes federally funded Moloch worship, the acronym agenda, and is funded through your donations to the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, or CCHD. The IFWJ began its life under the direction of Monsignor Jack Egan, a close friend of Saul Alinsky. Egan convinced the National Bishops Conference, the precursor to the USCCB, to take up a national collection to fund Alinsky's community organizing groups in the name of fighting poverty. A mistake that at the time might have been understood, given that the truth about Alinsky wasn't known, really, at that point in art history. This collection was the birth of the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, which hits the typical parish in the early summer months. As an aside, you can find videos on that collection on this channel easily enough. 
In short, don't give to that collection. Instead, give to your parish's food pantry or homeless outreach efforts, or to a parish that does that kind of work. That money won't end up in the hands of actual communist organizers if you take that approach. To continue, in 2011, the USCCB entered into a formal arrangement with the IWJ to ostensibly alleviate the suffering of displaced workers during the Great Recession and the stalled economic recovery. But the involvement in the IWJ by the U.S. bishops predates this agreement. At one point, disgraced Bishop Gabino Zavala was the chairman of the board of directors for IWJ. Bishop Zavala, who was an auxiliary bishop under Cardinal Mahoney in Los Angeles, resigned in January of 2011 when discovered to have fathered two children. So, to be clear, that's two bishops serving in positions of power in the IWJ who had been accused of violating their vows of celibacy in a 10-year period. To be clear on this. But that doesn't touch on the accusations of communism. To, to that, we look to the IWJ founder, Kim Bobo, to quote the Lepanto article, quote, Bobo got her degree in economics from the New School for Social Research. The thrust of the New School is to advance socialist and Marxist ideals through what is called the critical theory of the Frankfurt School. Bobo has spoken at and keynoted numerous fundraising dinners for the Democratic Socialists of America. And in case you didn't know, the Democratic Socialists of America is the U.S. affiliate of the Socialist Internationale, which is international Marxism. End quote. The New School is a notorious private university run out of New York City that has long focused on hardline socialist and communist economic and cultural revolutions in the U.S. and abroad. Its ties to the Democratic Socialists of America are not denied, and its reputation speaks for itself. Yet what enables this school to, to have the influence that it does is that it, aside from money, it has successfully rebranded itself as a so-called progressive school, and it is to that end that its subversion of economics and the culture in the U.S. has found its success. But that may be a story for another day. Suffice it to say for now that the USCCB have allied themselves with hardline socialist organizations and openly partisan groups in an effort to promote a narrow understanding of social justice that defies what the church has always called social justice. And that would be a huge problem if it were surprising, but it's not surprising. Other members of the IWJ board have openly promoted Moloch worship as even part of their supposedly Protestant ministries in official capacities, as well as open promotion of the acronym agenda. And I don't, by Moloch worship, I don't mean actual worship in a temple. It's okay. The Lepanto article, which I have linked on the sources blog, shows photographic evidence that the board of the IWJ is unequivocally socialist and unequivocally supports the acronym agenda. This then begs a question. Why are the otherwise useless USCCB supporting this kind of organization? There are almost countless organizations in the U.S. that assist displaced workers and promote programs for the alleviation of poverty. Why is this organization not only supported by the USCCB, but why is it permitting an accused predator bishop, who had to resign from his post amid scandals, to continue to sit on the board of directors of this organization and to work in close proximity with socialists, acronym activists, and advocates for publicly funded Moloch worship? The answer to that question may lie in the tepid response the bishops show to the near total lack of belief in the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. I'm sure mentioning that brings to mind the stories about that poll done recently, where 70% of American Catholics believe the Eucharist to be a symbol. The bishop's response was to try to sell the faithful pamphlets to put in parishes, to teach the dogma of the real presence, as well as some angry but otherwise completely out of touch with reality words from Bishop Barron. 
They then followed that with a political statement about some goings on with the Trump administration, which clearly had been of more importance than the wholesale growth of heresy and quiet apostasy among the faithful. That might be a bigger indication of why the bishops continue to work with these groups, as well as the issue of money. The USCCB gets a ton of money from the U.S. federal government to fund social programs and the USCCB, in turn, subcontracts that work out to nonprofit organizations. It can be thought of as a program of multi-layer subcontracting, where the federal government doesn't do that much of the work of actually providing for social programs funded by tax dollars, and instead sends those funds to various organizations to do the work themselves. In this arrangement, the bishops take a cut from the federal funds for administrative costs and whatnot, and then send the money to nonprofit organizations to do the actual work, be these nonprofits Catholic, nominally Catholic, or in this case, openly socialist and acronym oriented. It's a great way to make money if an organization can get it, and the U.S. Bishops' Conference is clearly taking full advantage of it over the concerns of defending and promoting the faith, or at least so it appears. What comes to mind is the apparition of Our Lady of Good Success, or as the name is properly translated, Our Lady of the Good Event of the Purification, or Buen Successo de la Purificación. Sorry for the poor pronunciation of Spanish. Anyway, that apparition is said to have appeared in Quito, Ecuador, and told a nun that in our times unbridled luxury would rule the day, and that many priests would be ensnared by concerns for wealth. That appears to have played out before our eyes, and the faithful in the church today now labor under the rule of those priests and bishops. One is left to wonder how much they actually care about the issue of belief in the real presence. To close, I will remind you of this. We are praying the Novena of Novenas for the Amazon Synod and for our own countries. At this time, the issue of men like Bishop Hubbard and his recent accusations of predatory behavior are clear indicators that the direction the church is headed in is desperate, and that now more than ever, the church and the world need our prayers. So keep praying, continue to pray that Novena of Novenas, and remember to do small acts daily that will help you grow in your faith. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.